This is the time of year I can't stop myself from browsing TravelZoo on my lunch break, looking for last-minute flights to faraway places. TravelZoo has been my personal secret deal finder site for more than a decade, and I've gotten absurdly cheap flights through it more than once. Just last fall, I got a one-way flight to LA for something like $120. It's insane. Now I've got a dozen more apps and websites to check out because we have four guests on this week's podcast who came armed with tons of brilliant tricks for finding cheap flights. They also told us how to get bumped up to first class, find bathrooms in foreign cities, and even use the law to get cash back after flight delays. The last part is totally insane. You're never going to want to accept the $200 voucher for getting bumped that's offered in the airport ever again. With summer holidays coming up, you might be able to go farther away for less money and stress than you thought you could, which is bad news for your boss, but good news for you. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and you're listening to the most useful podcast ever. So today in our podcast studio, we have uh, Robert Burge, who is the former CMO of Kayak and current CMO of Lola, which is an invite-only on-demand travel service, uh, and it's an app. And we also have the vice president, Krista Pappas. Welcome, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so you guys are, uh, this is such a cool idea for an app. Um, I, it's kind of like travel agents, but you do it on your phone? Well, what we do is we connect you to a team of personal travel consultants who are going to book hotels for you, find flights, book cars, anything you need for your trip will be there while you're traveling. I'm trying to figure out just some tips on on what, I mean, any sort of high-tech tips about how this, how booking travel can be made easier or smarter. And I think my first question is kind of, uh, is there any truth to the idea that, of, I guess it's called dynamic pricing? Have you heard about this? Like, are in your experience, do flights change prices based on the user or, um, or like whether you've searched before for that particular flight? That is a long-time urban legend, and the, the fact is that flight prices do, in fact, change, mm-hmm. but they're, they're not based on, and that, that type of price discrimination, you should probably ask a, an antitrust lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Oh, I, you know, cool. I, think when, I think when people see um, that, those type of price changes, that helps support that type of urban legend. What they're experiencing is the fact that um, the pricing and availability of anything, whether it's flights or hotels, is is going to change rapidly because this is a it's a finite good. There are only so many seats on a given flight. There right. are only so many rooms a given night in a hotel, and so that pricing will will move around. But it's not because of the fact that you've searched or not searched. Okay. Oh, that's good to hear because it scared me a little bit. What are some um, concrete tips then that that are actually useful for for booking flights? My first recommendation would be you need to check multiple sites. Um, So if you're looking for flights, I suggest people start with google.com slash flights. Um, And and that that travel search engine is going to give you a number of good ideas, but I would also visit Skyscanner, I would visit Kayak, I would visit Expedia, um, you know, double-check on the airline sites. highly recommend doing that. Another, another trick that, that I would throw out for flights is try a site called Route Happy um, to check the actual route to get a little bit more information, both in terms of delays, the quality of the plane, and so forth. I've heard about so, that, actually. They have, like, a happiness index. Yep, exactly. For long international flights where, you know, there's almost no chance you're going to get a direct flight, one thing that is always worth doing, um, and I recommend doing this manually yourself, is to look at combining two round-trip fares. 
Um, so let's say, for example, you want to fly to Istanbul. Mm-hmm. One thing you could check instead of buying an itinerary that you know might take you through a various hub to get to Istanbul, whether it's you know through London or another another hub, is to actually look at um, a round trip ticket into one of the various European hubs. Milan is very often um, one of the most efficient hubs to fly in and out of. Mm-hmm. And, and but booking a round trip to Milan and then booking a separate round trip to, um, to Istanbul, and many times the savings can be significant. Right. Another, another thing that Google Flights is, is very good at doing is if, you know, let's say you live in New York, instead of searching for, um, you know, let's say you want to go to Prague, Mm-hmm. Instead of necessarily searching to Prague, start with searching for New York to Europe, mm-hmm. um, because what it's going to do is give you um, a huge variety of prices into different places, and then you can look at multimodal transportation and look at getting there from train or, you know, the, the travel within Europe, the low-cost carrier travel can, within Europe can be incredibly cheap. On the hotel, there's this high-tech, um, this new technology called a telephone <laughs> and, you know, we highly recommend that um, you call your hotel either the day before or, you know, the morning of, you know, let them know you're coming, ask them, you know, if they can get you a room that suits your preferences. Um, and y- usually you will. I mean, the people at the front desk are there to provide service. You know, restaurant finding is an interesting one. You know, you might find, for example, you go to Rome and you find a great hotel restaurant recommendation on TripAdvisor. You, you, what can often happen in that is is an effect of essentially all of the British and American tourists who read TripAdvisor, and that quickly becomes a restaurant suited for that audience and not necessarily suited for the local audience because they run away from it. Right. And then you've lost the authenticity of a of a, a Roman a Roman restaurant. Yeah. And so you know, you know, looking at other things, whether it's networking through social media or finding other people that are going to give you true local insights. Right. You know, I noticed that I live in New York City. That's where we're um, we're you know podcasting from. And uh, I used to work down the street from Grimaldi's Coal Brick of or what Coal Oven Pizzeria Pizzeria. In a lot of guidebooks, it's it's called like the most authentic Brooklyn pizza, and so I worked down the street from it. And every time I walked by, the line was around the block, and it was absolutely insane. And the place next door has equally good pizza. It's actually like it's owned by the Grimaldi's family. There was this whole like you know war that went on for a long time, and it would be completely empty. And we'd go in there and just eat. We'd eat the pizza and like look at the line and just be like, guys, you know, come on. Do you when you fly? And this is from my personal experience. Like I. I uh, used to work at a travel magazine and I flew all the time and I always checked bags because, you know, I'm small and I hate, you know, trying to lift my bag up into the overhead space. I hate being stressed about how much space there is. So I would just always like pack, you know, some underwear and some my makeup or whatever I needed in my purse and then would just check my bag so I didn't have to deal with it. And I thought it was great. Do you guys check a bag or do you think that that's a bad idea? I typically check a bag, and I also will get premium boarding. I just find that time, you know, to get on the plane and get situated and not, you know, wonder whether or not I'm going to have overhead um, mm-hmm. space, it's just a, it, it's a relief for me. Well, and this is a good segue to two things that actually are high-tech, um, because one of the objections to 
checking luggage is the risk of having your luggage lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there, there are two technologies out there. The two that I mentioned are, are companies called Tile mm-hmm. and TrackDot, T-R-A-K-D-O-T. Um, and Tile is a pretty popular service that's kind of for tracking a lot more than luggage, but it's a it's a tiny little square tile, and you know a lot of people are using them for my for their keys. Mm-hmm. TrackDot is a bit more of an aggressive piece of technology you put in your luggage, but TrackDot is going to work more similarly to something that you might be familiar with for cars like LoJack. Mm-hmm. Another technology out there that um, our our government has created quite a long time ago, and I I don't know why anybody who travels especially outside of the country, doesn't have this, is um, registering yourself with with the government in global entry. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it costs $85. Yeah, and, I, you know, there's TSA PreCheck. Um, the thing about global entry is it both gets you immigration clearance, expedited immigration clearance, which can be an oh, incredible so time long. Clear. Oh, my gosh. But, but it also puts you right into TSA PreCheck, and now you know different countries are starting to integrate it as well, so you can apply into the UK's program. It's a very simple process to register, and you register your data, and you go meet someone at the airport. You know, it takes about 15 minutes. Your fingerprints are scanned, and um, you know, and, and it's just it's great technology because they're they're using data to be a known traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I couldn't recommend that one more. If we shift to on your trip. Um, particularly for Europe, um, turn off your cellular data when you go. And in Europe, the Wi-Fi is so ubiquitous in every restaurant, every bar, free mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. You just ask in every hotel lobby, and you can get along just fine um, with with going from Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi using Skype and WhatsApp. There's a website called Get Human, and Get Human actually – can, can respond to, it's a customer service program that mm-hmm. can respond to a lot of requests that they'll handle for you, such as you did lose your iPhone, and what is sort of, what's the recourse for going to try to find that? Can you get somebody to help you? Or you just, you need to find specific telephone numbers for the airlines. Just a really good resource to help you in distress. In full disclosure, yeah. our CEO and co-founder, Paul English, started Get Human something like 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. And, That's interesting. And, and, yeah, and it was, it's a very useful site to, um, you know, quite literally get to a human quickly. I get very frustrated with websites that don't have any contact information. And there are some. There are quite a few, actually. Uh, where you just, all you need is like some expert and you're like, oh, just give me a phone number, (laughs) you know. Yeah, you lose your baggage and your luggage and you can't find the baggage number at the airline and it's just, it's frustrating. When you get into an automated voice system, they're actually designed to keep you away from a human as long as possible Uh because it costs money. Um, Well, this is super cool. Uh, Lola, like I said, I I just downloaded it. I'm going to try it out. Um, But you said there's a wait list. How does that... so we're we're invite only right now because of the fact that we're a personal travel service powered by real real travel consultants. That means you know we we don't want to take on too many people and and overload the the service. But um, we're we're working hard to get as many people on as we can. Thank you guys so much for uh, for joining us. You, that was super helpful, and I'm I'm just basically going to go back to my desk and download apps now. <laughs> we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors.
So Johnny Jet from johnnyjet.com is with us today on the podcast. He's kind of a travel tip guy and travel blogger. You have a job that I covet. Uh, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Before we started recording, you were mentioning that you got started because you were afraid of flying. Um, that is amazing because I actually used to work for a travel magazine and I used to be afraid of flying. Um, is that, that's such a cool story. Like how, how did that happen? It's a long story, but I talked my mom into going on this dream trip to Australia where my sisters were living at the time and we never traveled internationally. But it was a, you know, Crocodile Dundee came out and, every, <laughs> and everyone was interested in Australia, especially me. Anyway, we get to, like, mom takes me to the doctor for a checkup right before. The doctor's like, you're going to Australia? You know, that's a 27-hour flight. You might have a hard time breathing. The planes are pressurized. And oh, I'm like, man. what are you talking about? Oh, no. So the fear of God in me. And then we get to the airport, and sure enough, I have a full-blown anxiety attack. And I tell my mom, I can't get on the plane. And she's like, you're joking, right? She, she laughed. And then... When she saw that I started crying, she's like, oh, my God. She started crying because she spent all this money. Oh, and my man. dad started crying because he thought he had the house to himself for two weeks. <laughs> and, and it was just a nightmare. But then for the next three years, I was really not only afraid to fly, but so I became did, afraid to leave the house. Did time. you not go? You didn't go on the trip? Did not go. Wow. No. <clears throat> wow. It's one of the biggest regrets of my life, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Fortunately, since then, I've been to Australia you know, multiple times, at least seven times. And the wow. worst part is that my mom never made it and she passed away. So oh, one of my no. Regrets. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. sad. Wow. Yes. Um, well, I'm glad to hear that you've, that you've made good on that, though. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, story. I got over my fear. It's a long story, but I went out to school in California where I am now. And, um, you know, I started dating a girl whose parents lived all around the world. And she invited me to Singapore the first summer. And I was like, I can't go. I'm still... I don't know if I could breathe in Singapore. I don't know if I can take that long <laughs> flight. Then the next next year, she invited me to Hong Kong, and I said I got to do it. But she only flew business class, and I never knew what it was like on the other side of the curtain. Uh-huh. So it was my first real test to find a cheap ticket to fly a business class, and I was able to find one for three hundred dollars more than coach. Talked to my what? dad into paying for it. And let me tell you, your first out-of-coach experience, you want to do it on a trans-Pacific flight. I, I have never done an international business class experience. Uh, and um, Popular Mechanics, if you'd like to pay for me to try that, that'd be great. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I, I believe it. I don't know. I've, I, had a, I had a friend that um, sent me a picture of the time he, he somehow, like some sort of magical way, he got in with the first-class people and was willing to take a standby flight and managed to get on a flight from London to Australia in the lay flat seats. And he said he almost cried when he left because he knew he'd never see them again. (laughs) You know, once you go up front, it's tough to go in the back. And that's, you know, that's basically a lot of the tips I talk about and write about is like, you know, how you can fly business class or first class. Or even if you're in coach, how can you make it more comfortable and things like that? Well, how can you? Uh, fly? So you said you found a, a business class seat for $300 more than economy. How'd you do yeah. that? How does one do that? Well, well, first of all, that was back in, you know, the mid-90s. But there's still ways. Actually, I tell people all the time that, you know, look at the price of business in first. Sometimes people are just searching coach mm-hmm. when premium economy or business could actually be the same price or sometimes cheaper. One time, I was, my wife and I were speaking at South by Southwest, uh, I think it was last year, and um, you know we were kind of booked last minute, and the coach fare was $800, and then I looked, I go, first class is 660 Wow. I was like, it's, so people don't realize it could be cheaper. 
so always look at that. But obviously, the best way is to use miles. Um, you know, all the airlines are now devaluing their miles, mm-hmm. so you don't you don't want to hold them too long. You know, one of the easier ways to get these miles is by signing up to credit cards. If you can pay your credit card bills off on time, if you can't, do not get a yeah. travel rewards card because they'll rip you off in the APRs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's a question that we had. We've been having this question in the office, and I was wondering. I thought maybe you might be the person who could answer it. Um, so we, I live in New York City, and in some international cities, there are public bathrooms that are fairly easy to find. New York City is not a city like that. And I know there are other cities that are the same way in the U.S. Um, you're in L.A. or you're wherever. Where, how Do you have any tips for reliably finding a place to pee in, in a city? Yeah, actually, um, you know, I was in Paris last month, and we're down by the Louvre, and my wife had to go to the bathroom. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and Europe is known for not having, you know, bathrooms readily handily, mm-hmm. handy. So, you know, I asked one of the guys on the street who, were, who was selling a bottle of water, I go, hey, where's the closest bathroom? Mm-hmm. He's like, McDonald's, a block away. And I get that answer all the time all around the world. So, you mm-hmm. know, usually McDonald's has clean bathrooms, they're free, and they're usually one on, you know, almost every corner. So McDonald's is a safe bet. <laughs> uh, and and they're, in in every, Europe, they're in every country, too. Pretty much. Because <laughs> if you go to like a cafe in Europe, they do not like you using the bathroom unless you buy something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes you'll just have to buy a cup of coffee or something and then use the bathroom. Right. There's actually websites out there that will show you the best public bathrooms. Websites and apps. Oh, okay. That you can find. People rate them and things like that. So one of them is Sit or Squat. Okay. Um, it's, that's, a, that's actually an app. And I think that that's actually... Um, Sponsored by Charmin or started by Charmin. Oh, really? There's one on Android Free P, <laughs> Toilet Finder. Oh, that's amazing. So there's plenty of places that you can find these and people rate them uh-huh. and you can talk about it. But if you don't have a phone around or, or access, you can always just check out a McDonald's. Always check out a McDonald's. My other, my backup is always a bookstore because no one ever thinks to go in the bookstore. There's always like a line, you know, 10 deep at the Starbucks. Starbucks is a big one in New York City. Yeah, it was be one of Starbucks. But, uh, but yeah, I always go in bookstores because they've always got a, like the big ones, Barnes & Noble, that kind of stuff. They always got a cafe in there. And if they've got a cafe, they've got a bathroom. Hotels are libraries. Oh, libraries. I never thought of that. Yeah, because bookstores are going away in most, of the, in most cities. I'm going to be, man, I'm excited. I'm going to drink so much water and wander around the city. (laughs) (laughs) So we have on the phone AirHelp co-founder Nicholas Michelson, who uh, co-founded AirHelp a couple of years ago. I haven't used it yet, um, but it sounds like something that we all really need. Uh, It's an app that can help you get the money that you're owed from flights that uh, have gone awry. Uh, welcome, Nicholas. Thanks for having me. The, I mean, the air help sounds so cool. I have been in a position so many times with airlines where you feel like they're kind of a monopoly and you can complain, but nothing's going to happen, or they're going to shuffle you off to like person after person after person. And, uh, yeah. and then you're just, I mean, then you get nothing and you're just mis- more miserable than you were when you started. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the spiral of doom. Um, and you know, it, it was it was definitely because of those types of personal experiences that we that we started AirHelp in the in the first place. How does Sorry. it work? 
Um, so essentially, uh, there are laws that protect you as a passenger, um, and basically they obligate airlines to pay you uh, cash compensation if your flight is late, uh, cancelled, or overbooked. Um, so what you do is you go to the Air, the Air Health website, airhealth.com. Okay. You uh, enter in your flight information, and then we instantly can tell you whether or not that's actually an eligible claim. Um, and if it is, then we'll handle it, take care of all the paperwork, deal with the airline, get you the money back. And if we're successful, then we keep 25%. If not, then it's completely free. That's so cool. Um, and what makes a flight eligible for something like this? It depends a bit on where you're flying to or from, but the rule of thumb is uh, a delay of more than three hours uh, at your final destination due to the flight being delayed, canceled, or, or overbooked. What's the most money you've ever gotten somebody? Um, well, we once got a, like a high school class uh, about $20,000. Oh, my gosh. That's so much money. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The, average, the average payout is about $450 oh. per passenger. I, I'm going to use this. <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> about this. Um, because, exactly. I mean, I hate calling airlines, too, in, in particular because... You know, you're in the airport, you probably, you're dealing with airport Wi-Fi, and you're trying to, like, navigate on your phone their um, their system to get their contact number. And then everybody else in the, you know, if your flight was canceled, everybody else in the airport is doing the same thing. So then yeah. you're all sitting there waiting on hold, looking at each other, and it's just abject misery. Yeah, completely. I mean, that that's usually what happens, right? When, when something goes wrong, it goes wrong on a big scale, right? Mm -hmm. So. If it and like even though just one aircraft, then it's you know two to three hundred people that will be there at the help desk at the same time trying to get the next available flight out. Right. Um, and so we actually we have some 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 new features that coming up um, over the next couple of months that can also help on that front a lot. So um, you know do uh, do a check in uh, over the next couple of months where we'll launch that. Okay. Cool. Can you you can get this money even if you. Um, booked another, you know, even if you say took their next flight out. Yeah. So if it's if the flight is overbooked and you get bumped, mm -hmm. uh, then you know what they'll do is they'll they'll offer you um, either miles or a voucher or something like that. Oh, okay. And and what what most people don't know is that their their alternative is actually getting up to one thousand three hundred dollars back from the airline. So even if they offer you like two or three hundred dollars then always have in the back of your mind that it can be up to, to um, four times the price of your one-way ticket. Oh, that's so sneaky. Wait, so yeah. when they're offering these, so what sounds like an insane deal in the airport, mm -hmm. like, you know, come up here and volunteer to take these $200 vouchers. If you just got actually, if they actually bumped you and you just said, fine, yeah. I won't take the flight, I'll buy another one, you could maybe make $1,000? Yeah, well, <laughs> up to, up to $1,300, yeah, actually. Wow. Um, and, and, of, and of course, it, it works in that sense that if you then accept the you know three hundred dollar voucher, then you waive your right to seek the full compensation. So, so we always say like think twice before you accept that voucher, and just like have in the back of your mind that if you end up being delayed at your final destination by more than two hours uh, due to being bumped, then uh, it's uh, four times the price of your one way ticket. Wow, I'm. I swear, if this happens in another airport, I'm going to be, like, forming coalitions. Just like, no, nobody take it. Nobody accept it. <laughs> exactly. Uh. I mean, it's, it's just it's one of those situations where, you know, consumers or we as consumers have gotten to this point where 
we never feel that we're actually like being true, told the truth and what's actually going on. Uh-huh. So it's just we want to make that transparent and, and make it easier for, for passengers to, to, to claim and understand what their, their, um, their rights are. Do you guys have a law background? How did you guys figure this out? Actually not. We're, you know, we're uh, technology entrepreneurs, um, and this was, like I said, based on, on personal experience. And we thought, well, if this happens like all the time, right, and we did some research and we found that it's around 8 million passengers each year that are you know, eligible under these laws, um, then if we can use technology um, and, and really automate that whole process, then we can make it easier for everybody to, to um, assert their legal right. Well, I love it, and I'm going to download it. This works in uh, multiple countries, you said? Yeah, uh, so uh, Europe and uh, the U.S. right now. Okay. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. I'm going to go download this right now. So, Matt, we were just talking about your amazing the life trip that you just went on to Maine. It sounded idyllic. I kind of hate you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have every right to. It was a lot of fun. Well, okay. So, in tune with this episode, which is a travel episode, you flew Spirit Airlines, which uh, you love, and I don't understand. Yeah. Well, so, to be clear, I didn't fly Spirit Airlines to Maine. Oh, I you didn't? I didn't? Oh, I thought you there. did. I flew JetBlue, which I don't want to disparage them, but... Had three hour delays both ways. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe Do you, that you know not what? only you need hate... to get you need to get sorry. I was gonna say I can't believe you not only love spirit air, but you hate JetBlue. Mm-hmm. That's your I'm turning an anomaly. all of my conceptions like about I, humans I, I, on their head. I think he's just a curmudgeon is the thing. No. Like anything you like Matt Goulet hates. That's the rule of no, Matt No, no, no. <laughs> but prior to going to Maine, I had to fly to Michigan uh, oh, okay. for a wedding this past weekend, last like a, a week ago, Thursday exactly. And I booked my flight on Spirit Airlines for eighty-seven dollars, eight seven. Do you think maybe that's because you're going to Detroit? <laughs> <laughs> I can get up there, man. I mean, and did you like carry everything you needed in your wallet? Is that how you did it? That's but that's the thing. Spirit is very straightforward and very upfront about their fares. You know, I know that I'm getting a cheap, cheap flight. I know that I'm going for three days. I, you know, I, I don't know if I would recommend flying Spirit for a plane ride that's more than four hours, but if you're going, you know, a quick hop over, you know, to, to the Midwest from the East Coast, by all means, buy your cheap ticket, don't buy a bag, don't buy your seat, and roll the dice. Because every time I've flown out of LaGuardia on Spirit, I've left on time beautifully. Every time I fly back from Detroit on Spirit, on time. Uh, and, like, I've had, I've had one significant delay with them. And then with the bag thing, and this is what everyone like complains about with Spirit, is that you know to buy you have to buy a carry-on bag for thirty-five dollars. That's not that big a deal when your ticket's eighty-seven bucks to begin with, and like there like there are no surprises. People get surprised at the gate, and all of a sudden to buy a bag to go on at the gate is a hundred dollars. So it's like, but like they give you ten opportunities by the time you book, by the time you check in. I feel like they do this to get themselves like um, prime position on yes. multi-flight. Yeah, exactly. Like they're you know on something like kayak, yeah. something like kayak or one of these multi-carrier search engines. You see, all the flights are five hundred dollars, and one flight's three hundred. And of course, you book the three hundred dollar flight. Oh my god, one of these is three hundred dollars. And then you get there, and they're like, 
oh, but the thing is, and since you didn't buy it through their site, you know, or, you know, you get mm-hmm. the let out to their site or whatever, but you're not, they're not really controlling what you see from the beginning. So then, I mean, my, my one and only experience with flying was actually through here, flying to Detroit when we did our Detroit Reader Dinner. And uh, and I was just like, they char- what they char- it's like practically like they're going to charge you for the toilet paper. And I feel like if I knew that up front, then fine. I, well, I don't know. There's there's no. There see, are- I, I, I agree with you. I think this is to me the problem. It's like a philosophical problem that everything about air travel has to be hard for some reason. I just want something to be easy. I actually booked a test flight in preparation for this for this roundtable. Oh, you did. Yes. I mean, I didn't actually book it, but I priced it out. I was like, wow, that's probably the wrong thing. dedication, I'm Gavin. going to Denver tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and I expect once we, all, once we all agree this is stupid, except you, I want you to pay for the flight. The, okay, so just the round-trip flights, and this is how they list it, too. This is actually not Spirit. This is Allegiant, but it's the same, it's the same model. Same sort. It's the Ryanair model. So it was $180 for the flights. But then there's fees, and some of those are taxes and government fees. Some of their carrier, carrier charges are $67. Then the seat's $30. Then just a carry-on bag, which like wait a seat at all? Yes, a seat at all. This was this was the non-extra legroom seat. <laughs> okay, but this is to wait. choose your own seat or to just buy the seat on the plane after you. You have to a pick a seat the... after you get the ticket. But you can choose not to pick the seat. Okay, I want. So right. we'll so we'll knock off the thirty. Okay, we'll knock okay. off the thirty bucks. And then for one carry-on bag, which I don't know, I really don't know how you're traveling without anything. So the thing is, you get one personal item and you get one carry-on. A personal item. Wait, is wait, wait, wait! But your carry-on costs money. Yeah. But your personal item doesn't. Right. Okay. What what counts as a personal item here? I have a beautiful, beautiful Filson brand <laughs> duffel bag <laughs> that stows. Matt is our Matt's our products editor. In case you couldn't tell. Very conveniently under the the seat in front of me, and. Uh, so that counts. Yeah. Okay. Well, I what, mean, I it, mean, it, it, you, how sticklery do they get about this? I mean, they do not. If you if you're going past the boarding person. Your, your gate agent, yeah. and she's on the left side of you. You keep your bag on your right shoulder, and you are in, baby. So in order, so in order to <laughs> wait, vote for this wait, airline, wait, you wait. have to trick. You yes have to trick. No, no, you, you have to engage in subterfuge in order to like don't make call this attention airline to is yourself. Favorite. Is all I'm saying. Don't, don't, you know, don't like, you know, get, catch their eye. Just you have your, and it's all it is is if you are look unencumbered and you're you're not rolling anything behind you. I mean that's pretty much a, a personal item. So that's tip number two: look unencumbered. Yeah, look unencumbered. If you're gonna fly Spirit Airlines, it's like walking through a dangerous neighborhood. Like, don't like look confident. Yeah, yeah. Unencumbered. Yeah, you can get away three days in a place with a backpack full of stuff. What if you need three days of clothes and you want to bring like running clothes so you can exercise while you're there? That's you're already getting yourself out of backpack range. Mm-mm. You got to wear clothes you can run in. You mm. heard those suit shoes you can run in? Suit shoes I can run in. I'd love to test those. We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's for a future episode. Um, it is sort of like tricky where it's like, okay, buy your seat, buy which one you want. You can also just choose to like not buy a seat at that moment and you'll get it randomly assigned when you check in. Mm-hmm. But the trick with that is if you, they, you know, people don't buy seats in the middle in row 26 on a plane. So uh, when they do check people in who didn't initially buy a seat when they booked the ticket, they'll fill those really crummy seats first mm-hmm. so if, if you get that 24-hour email be like time to check in for your flight tomorrow don't check in oh. wait as long as possible but i see that you've learned all the tricks i just don't understand why you should have to do tricks to get treated I've, like a human being yeah and i think because that this whole then price you end up thing... paying more anyway so then then you then go spend 225 on delta no but i just <laughs> Kevin's getting really I, I, I'm just I still don't think we're on the same page about this whole thing because it's not about luxury to me I think 
that if you buy a ticket for a spot on a plane, you should maybe get the chair you're going to sit in that's reasonably comfortable and the things that you need to still be a human when the plane lands without having to wait through a fee schedule. I don't think this is an issue of luxury. I think this is a moral outrage. I think this is a moral <laughs> issue. Uh, so where did you think there was dignity in air travel? You've seen there the people. There used to be. There used to be. Yeah, but this is not 1960 anymore. I actually flew. I was in Hawaii recently, and I flew Hawaiian Airlines, and they served like a pretty substantial meal, which surprised me. Yeah. And uh, I was so curious that I like Googled this later, and the guy who like runs their CEO or whatever said, the trend in American air travel is to take away all of these amenities, but I think that we should still have them. So maybe they're, maybe Hawaiian. If you don't, if you're on, if you're on my side, maybe try flying Hawaiian try as flying much as possible. Hawaiian. If you're on Matt's side, stick to Spirit, Spirit Air, air baby. <laughs> if, you're, if you're on Matt's side, see if you can like hang from somebody else's helicopter, yeah. or, like in a basket. Um, well, yeah. So I this is technically this is the testing table, but I think we all know where we stand. Um, let's we can do it as our, we will do a crossover testing table. What's Stup- being tested? Stupid or amazing oh, okay. Spirit Airlines. Stupid or amazing Spirit Airlines. Amazing. And Kevin. Stupid and immoral and ethical. <laughs> uh, I think it's I think it's stupid and and immoral and unethical as well. Yeah. I, you got to be willing to play the game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our show, y'all. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Jesse Wright Mendoza. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And if you want to read more about traveling smart with technology, check out our website, popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Thanks for listening.